Hey everybody, it's Xander and this is the Ethereal Path Podcast. Let's get witchy. Alright, hey guys, what's up? It's Xander, this is the Ethereal Path Podcast, and welcome to episode 17. So, we're going to cover a bunch of different things in this episode. Um, So first up and first foremost, I want to give a huge shout out to Miss USA slash now Miss Universe. Congratulations. Um, I am super stoked that, you know, it's been 10 years. Um, I am a huge Miss Universe fan. I'm a huge Miss USA fan. Um, You have no idea. Um, It is literally I am it is like my crack I am fucking obsessed and I have been my entire life um when Carol Gish showed up last night during the broadcast I like went like through the roof and I still say that you know she was robbed by Norway and I have ill feelings towards the Norwegians so you know what Norway if you're listening I'm still holding a grudge from the Miss Universe 1990 broadcast like anywho <sighs> Mona Groot, yeah, she was good, but anywho, my girl Carol should have won. But anywho, I'm over it. Um, like I said, Miss USA took the crown. She is the new Miss Universe, and I am super stoked. So, yay! I just want to get that out of the way. Um, but it actually was funny as I was watching the pageant last night. Um, because my girl Olivia Colpo, Miss Universe 2012, who is also from the USA, and I absolutely love Olivia. Um, her and my girl Jeannie Mai, um, they were the hosts, and there was a lot of you can tell there's been a lot of change, um, in that organization, in the way the pageants run, in the way that um, it's evolved over the years. There's just a lot of differences and you can just it, especially for someone like me who i like said when i say i've been like watching this shit since i was like five how the fuck my parents didn't know i was gay i have no idea um but it's like you know i i literally have been watching this shit since i was five like i am obsessed like i actually knew someone who competed in miss teen usa and i was it was like the um daughter of one of the assistant principals at my school and it was just like it was the most insane thing in the world, but anywho, um, it there you know a lot of talk was about female empowerment and, and you know and women empowerment and uh, you know things that women are doing to get their voices heard and you know the change that they're having on society and just you know all the changes that women are making and the you know barriers that are just being smashed left right center. Um, and it got me thinking because Jeannie Mai made this one statement and she was like, you know, this is a pageant designed for women. And then she went on to say, you know, and it's to empower women. And, you know, she kind of went on and on and on. But when she made this statement for women, I it, it and again, I'm not like trying to like start shit or in any way, shape or form, like, you know, and I'm not trying to like, you know, break her words down into a technicality. But it almost kind of struck me because I'm like, well, I'm a guy like, you know why, why don't I get to watch the pageant, you know? Um, and it, it always kind of brought, kind of rattled back to this thing of like, uh, you know, I've always, you know, as a gay guy, I've always, let's be, let's be real. I've always had more female friends than male friends. I mean, you know, I've had, you know, 
don't get me wrong, it's not, you know, like, I haven't had, like, guy friends, but it's like, let's be real, you know, when you're a gay guy, you, you tend to gravitate towards, you know, the girls, and, you know, you have your hags, and, you know, when you're growing up and all that shit, so it's like, you know, you, you, you got your crews, um, but it's like, you know, I kind of have a different perspective on things, I guess, because, like, for me, inclusivity has just always been a thing and you know it goes back to the way that i was raised and you know just basically don't be a dick and you know we're all the same you know like i i always tell people and you know don't get me wrong you know i'm not gonna sit here and you know act like i'm holier than thou and say you know i've i've never said anything racist in time my entire life like of course i have of course everyone fucking has um, but you know, let's be real nine times out of 10, it's out of anger and we don't mean it, you know, like let's, be, it's, it's right up there with that whole, you know, I grew up in the era of people, you know, like saying, oh, that's so gay. Um, like, you know, I could have taken offense to that every time someone said it, or I could have just, you know, rolled my eyes and hell, I use that phrase myself because, you know, it's just, it's words. Words only have the power that we give them. And I know we talk a lot in the, in this podcast about the power of words and be careful of what you say and things like that. But it, the opposite is true. So, you know, words only have a, have a, the, the power behind them when when it's the it's the intention and it's the meaning behind what we're saying that gives the wording its power. But Things can be talked about and they can also be, you know, offensive or non-offensive. And the, these things are not always mutually exclusive. So I'm kind of getting a little straight from where my original point was going. Um, but I, I kind of want to like follow this path a little bit too. Um, so think about this way. So go back to Jeannie, my statement of saying, you know, like this passion is like for women, you know, could I be offended by it? Absolutely. You know, I'm a guy. I've been obsessed with this passion for most of my life, and I'm, you know, 42 years old, um, soon to be 43, God forbid. And it's one of those things where, you know, I could get all pissed off about it, but like, I get what she's saying. So it's like, dude, like, you know, I'm not going to be offended by it because, like, I, I understand what she's saying. It's, it's, you know, it's for women. It's, you know, Miss fucking universe. It's all about, you know, it is all about female empowerment. It is all about empowering women to, you know, have their voice be heard and, you know, take a platform and make a stand and, you know, get your shit out there and, you know, go out and do some good in the world. And, you know, let's be real. Who, you know, why the fuck wouldn't you want to encourage women to do that? Um, but the second side of it is, you know, and I was thinking about this, that it really relates to Wicca in the fact that Wicca is a female dominated religion and that, um, you know, we always talk about the goddess and God. Um, and again, if you notice, it's always the goddesses first, because again, Wicca is a female dominated religion or female driven religion. And it goes, you know, you, you can literally take this aspect of it and you can take this discussion and you can go super fucking deep with it. Like, and I'm talking like we can get like Da Vinci code level deep because, you know, 
you can get even you could even bring into the thing of you know Mary Magdalene was the one who was supposed to carry on the Catholic Church, not Saint Peter, you know, and basically because of you know testosterone and dicks, uh, you know everything had to be run by men. Um, but in Wicca, you learn that you know the, this is a female dri driven religion. You know we worship the sacred feminine, but it's also the sacred masculine that we worship too because if you if you remember going back to your hermetic principles you know there has to be balance everywhere so even though yes this is a female dominated religion in the female dominated way of life in a female driven um you know path it doesn't change what it is it doesn't devalue anything by having a man or someone who identifies as male you know be part of the religion because that sacred masculine is just as empowering as the sacred feminine and um i remember i read a book a long time ago you know by my buddy um my buddy i love how i just kind of drop that my boy chris penzak um and it was called sons of the witch and it is basically it's basically how to be a guy in navigate through this female driven world you know um and it's it's it, it was a, don't get me wrong it was a great read and i absolutely loved it and you know a, a lot of it made sense and even kind of carried in you know i can carry a lot of it in through my day-to-day -day life because you know as a nurse you know i work with a lot of women because you know again nursing is a female dominated profession um so it's almost like in my life like i the, maybe i have this thing about just you know working in working or like dabbling in female dominated fields even though i identify as a cis male and you know i've i'm a what is it 10 on the kinsey scale or a six or a whatever whatever the all the way gay is like i am i i think i think what was what was i classified as i'm not i'm not a gold star i think i'm a platinum star gay because not only have I never been with a woman, like I was actually born by cesarean section. So basically, since I've never touched a vagina ever in my life, I'm like a platinum gay or whatever. My buddy told me this shit like 10 years ago. Like, I fuck if I remember it. But um, anywho, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of straying all over the place here. But anyway, to get back to like what my main points were, you know, um, Words have power, and the way we use our words, um, it can definitely have an impact in your life. And this is true in both Wicca, this is true in, you know, both daily life, and this is another place where, you know, I love to see that beautiful intersection of you know, how Wicca overlaps into tools that we literally use every day of our lives and can use every day of our lives to make our lives better and enhance the world that we live in at the same time. Um, and I'll give you the perfect example. Um, you know, so for those of you who did not watch the pageant last night, um, I would highly, I, I would highly recommend at least going to the top five and watching, um, the judges question round. Um, miss usa when she answered her question and it's it's so funny and 
okay, so not to talk shit on the entire pageant, but you know, I, I've I've always had this opinion that you know I always feel that Miss USA and pretty much any other country where English is the native language because the pageant's always held in English. When it comes to the question round, um, anyone whose native language is English, that they're always kind of at a disadvantage because a lot of the times you'll see the non-English speaking countries, um, you know, give a shout out to like the home city, like, you know, they were in um, New Orleans last night. So like when Miss Venezuela, for example, you know, got up, you know, they read her her question. And before she answered, you know, she was like, what's up, New Orleans, like, you know, in, in her um, heavily accented voice. But it also gives her a couple minutes to think or you know a couple seconds to think like so basically you know while the crowd's going fucking wild because you know she mentioned the home country and that's what we do let's be real it's it's, it's a tactical strategy that you know you can buy yourself with just a couple seconds because you're waiting for the audience to settle down you know before you give your answer so while you're standing there smiling you know you're rushing to think you know how am i going to answer this question so anywho long story short i always say the english speakers are at a disadvantage and one of the things that you know you're obviously going to be looking for in a miss universe is you, you've got to be able to pivot you know and this is a useful tool that like you know we can all use in our lives you know as a nurse manager, you know, one of the things that I spend a lot of my time doing is patient education. And, you know, I have to be ready for any question that gets thrown my way. Um, and a lot of the times, you know, you know, especially one of the hardest things that it, one of the hardest things to ever say is I don't know. And this is actually one of like the first things that they'll teach you in nursing school, because first of all, you know, there's the old saying, you know, pride goeth before the fall, um, you know, and, and hubris is truly the downfall. If you think you know it all, I'll tell you right now, don't even ever consider a career in nursing or even in the medical profession because you will fucking fail. Nobody knows it all. It's, it's absolutely fucking impossible. And, you know, shout out to all my fellow nurses, because when we take our boards, like we literally sit down and we're taking a test on medical the medical profession, like it could be anything, literally anything that we have to answer a question on. And we have to be able to, to know the answer. We have to be able to pivot, to give the correct answer, to handle multiple situations at the same time. But we also have to be strong enough to stand up there and say, I don't know. But anywho, going back to Miss USA's answer, you know, she took them, you, you can see her, they asked the question of, you know, the, the question basically was along the lines of, um, you know, this year was the first year that women who had children and were married were allowed to compete in, in Miss Universe. You know, what other areas of inclusivity would you like to see? Now, I kind of thought it was a loaded question and I'm like, fuck, like when, as soon as they asked it, because in my mind, I'm like, you know, they have been such a driven force, especially over the past couple years, you know, by allowing, you know, the first transgender um, person to compete, they have had, you know, a few, you know, different milestones, and they've reformatted the way they do things and this, that and the other. But, you know, let's be real, you know, you can only take inclusivity so far before you've completely lost scope of 
you know what this is like if you were to allow say a cis male to compete well then you've completely lost the entire point of miss universe and i'm sorry but like they do have the male versions they're just not nearly as popular but you know mr universe is out there and you know they're all bodybuilding competitions and everything but they're just not as fun and they're just not miss universe but whatever um anywho so it's like so that so anyway she gets asked this question and she takes a minute and you can literally see the moment on her face when she's like, I have the answer and I'm going to nail this shit. And I'm not going to spoil what she answers or how she answers this question, but go watch the video because, like I said, you can literally see the moment she knows she has it. Like, she's got the perfect answer, and she is about to fucking run with it, and she stands up there, and she confidently gives it, and you, the, just that look that is on her face, it, it's, it's the surety and the confidence of, I know what I'm talking about. But you also have to remember, it's her own opinion, you know, this doesn't make her right. The, this is this is literally her own opinion as to what the answer to the question is. But how you deliver those answers and how you present yourself and how you think of yourself truly does drive a lot of how we live our day-to-day -day lives. Um, so, you know, these are things that, again, the words have the power to give what we want you know and i'm quite sure that you know had she not delivered that answer as confidently as she did based on the other answers that were given by the other contestants in the round she still would have made the top three i, I that would have been my prediction but i don't think she would have won the title i think that answer actually gave her the crown you know don't get me wrong her final answer was fucking on point and phenomenal but like that answer was just a bullseye. Like the minute she, like, like I said, you can literally see it in her face. Go watch it. It's just, it's fucking amazing. But anywho, so um, now that we've gotten my Miss Universe gushing out of the way and I've gotten, you know, my point, my, my first point in all this again is words have power, but words only have the power that we give to them. So remember that when you're practicing, when you're meditating, when you're doing your affirmations, if you don't believe it, if you don't own it, if you don't live it, you have to walk the walk and you have to talk the talk. Um, you know, I, as, and, and again, as, as, a, as a unit manager, you know, I tell my staff all the time that, you know, first of all, I would never ask you to do anything that I would not do myself, but, you know, we are all a team, you know, I have to go sit in my office and do my office -y things, but if you need help on the floor, please come get me. I have no problem coming out to help you guys. Um, you know, because I still like to do the hands-on care thing. I still like to talk to my patients. Like, I, I make it a point that, you know, whenever we get a new admission that, you know, I go introduce myself the, the very next day that I'm working because, you know, and trust me, it's a lot because I work acute care. So it's basically, you know, it's, it's like a revolving fucking door, basically. Um, and I absolutely love it because I get to meet so many amazing fucking people uh, like every day. And it just truly is just is such a blessing and it's such a joy to be a, a member of this amazing team of 
people that I work with, you know, know, not, and not even just in my facility, just being a nurse in general, like, you know, shout out to all of my fellow nurses out there, whether you're an RN, LPN, LVN, and CNA, I don't, whatever you are, if you are a clinical nursing staff, fuck yeah, you, we are family, we are one, we are one big ass fucking team, and, you know, together, like, let's be real, we're changing the fucking world. Um, And again, that's kind of where I'm going for full circle with the whole Miss Universe thing and the whole words have power thing, you know, like I flat out tell people, you know, you have to be strong, you have to be confident, and you also have to be willing to go that extra mile. And so, you know, one of the big things, you know, that we do in Wicca is same exact thing. You have to be able to walk the walk and you have to be able to talk the talk. So if you put a spell out there, you know, but you don't live up to the expectations of the spell, then the spell is not going to work. And that's just the way it is. Like the universe isn't just going to hand you shit for free. Like you have to do your part as well, you know? So that's why I always love when, you know, you have the naysayers and like, you know, the skeptics and the critics who come in and they're like, you know, it's, you know, I've had people say it's manipulation and I've had people say it's, you know, it's bullshit and this, that, and the other. And it's like, you know, you, you don't, you you just, you just don't understand fully what Wicca is all about. And it's like, it's not just a religion. And, you know, again, I, I have, you know, put down the disclaimer, I think the very first episode that I use that, you know, that term in air quotes, um, like it's a way of life. You know, you, you learn to, you know, live again. I go back to my first affirmation of, you know, I'm always in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. You know, you, you learn to live that way of thinking. And once you learn to get to that level, and again, this is years of practice. This is years of doing your own research and looking into it and, you know, listening to podcasts like this and, you know, getting advice from people who practice the craft and, you know, all that shit, you know, this is, it's, it's a way of life. It's a, it's a change, but I promise you, if you start working on it, it will change your life for the better. If you set those good intentions and if you put those intentions in the right place and you give the power to the words and you give the right amount of power and the correct power to the words and interactions that you have every single day. Um, so basically to sum it all up, you know, it's one of those Wicca is all encompassing. It's there for everybody. You just have to be wanting, you have to be willing to take it. You have to be willing to do the work and you have to want it. Um, so on that happy note, we're going to come back and we're going to continue our journey down the tarot card path. Um, so if you have a tarot card deck, you may want to grab it. If you have multiple decks, you actually may want to grab more than one. Um, and I will see you guys in a couple minutes. (music) 
All right. So first of all, I love how I always say, you know, we'll be back in a couple minutes. In the meantime, these interludes are like seven to like 15 seconds. Um, anywho. Okay. So let's continue our journey into tarot card reading. Um, so like I said in the last episode, um, each of the four suits, the wands, the, the pentacles, the um, cups and the, um, oh my God, why am I like blanking on this? The wands, the cups, the pentacles, and the swords. Jesus Christ, like the one suit that I was actually looking at. Um, those, you know, are each representative of the four elements. Um, so swords are representative of, of the air signs, which are Aquarius, Libra, and Gemini. Woohoo! And speaking of which, shout out to the fact that the new moon is going to, the, the first new moon of the year is like six days away, and we are entering the age of Aquarius, at least for the calendar year as an Aquarian. Um, I'm super excited. I love this time of year because shit's just, shit just always fun this time of year. It just always gets crazy, and you know, it's because we're, we're entering the Aquarian star sign. Um, but anywho, uh, so, you know, swords represent air, the air signs. Uh, your wands, they represent your fire signs, your cups represent your water signs, and coins or pentacles, depending on what your deck is using, um, represent the earth signs. Um, and again, the, like, you know, like the way I said, I always remember it is, you know, swords, you slice through air, wands are like, like torches that you can carry, cups carry water, and earth and coins, you know, are, you know, or pentacles and coins are, you know, of the earth. Um, so again, that's just how I always remember it. So when you're reading tarot cards, you know, you want to take these things into account, but you also want to take into the symbolism that you see on the card. So take a minute, look at your deck, go through your deck, grab the Ace of Swords. Now for reference, I'm going to be using the, I have a Rider weight Tarot deck in front of me. I have the Dragon Tarot in front of me and I have the Green Witch Tarot in front of me. So I'm going to be using all three cards and I'm going to be use. I'll put them up on the Insta, our Instagram feed um, as a reference. So if you want to go see the cards and the pictures that I'm seeing, um, you know, go to our Instagram page, check it out. You'll find the feed there. But like I said, go grab the Ace of Swords in whatever deck or decks that you have. If you do have multiple decks like i said this is where it's a good idea to pull them out because you know you can really see and you know get an idea of what i'm talking about regardless of what decks you have so starting with the rider weight deck um if you look at it you know the first thing that you notice is it's a hand it's coming out of a cloud there's a crown on top of the sword you know, it's obviously very representative of the element of air because, you know, it like, you know, again, the, the arm holding the sword is coming out of a cloud. It's very high above the mountaintop. So obviously it's in a big, very airy, open area. Um, and aces always signify new beginnings. Um, so when you're looking at this card, you know, the, the new beginning um, of the ace, because the aces begin every suit, um, in this instance, it's new beginnings with basically unlimited possibilities. And if you notice, you know, there's branches hanging from the crown, there's what looks to be like leaves kind of coming off of the um, sword. You know, you can see ref reflective light 
all over the hand. You know, the landscape below is kind of barren. So, you know, there's a lot of interpretation that you can use for this card. And there's a lot of, you know, symbolism that, that this card holds. So whenever I tell, whenever I'm teaching people how to read, one of the things that I always, you know, remind them of is that first of all, the card is going to change its meaning depending on where it is in the reading and what aspect of it you're drawn to first. So those are the things that you want to look for. So stop and take a minute, like put the card down, you know, kind of like focus your mind, put it out of your sight for a second, pick up the card. What do you notice first? So think about what you notice first and any other prominent features that stand out to you see where that takes you does that tell you anything um like what kind of a vibe are you getting do you feel like this is a good path do you feel like this is a bad path again those are all the things that you're going to look at now i look at my dragon tarot card and i have you know again same ace of swords so this one it's a single sword midair um air sign actually at the very single top the dragon is like wrapped around the sword there's a rainbow in the background along with lightning coming out of one of his paws um you know there's bubbles floating around you know there's two there's like there's like a pillar in the background again it's very airy there's lots of you know air representations um but you know with the dragon being wrapped around the sword you know and he has his lightning so it's almost looking like he's got like magical powers and there's a that rainbow in the background against you know the even further back starry backdrop so it's you know you get a very positive happy hopeful vibe you get this vibe almost of kind of like anything is possible and then you look over the green witch tarot and now they use athames um in replacement of swords so this is the ace of a the ace of athames um again it's a mouse um in the foreground along with it looks like an insect hanging on to um, some dandelion um but there are you know wisps of dandelion floating away in the air clouds are extremely prevalent on this card it's a card of growth. The mouse is looking at the athame with this like super curiosity. And if you look very carefully on the hilt, there's a Celtic knot, there's a pentacle. Um, you know, there's all sorts of symbolism in this card. And it's, you know, this is a, this card to me, it's very representative of springtime. It's very representative of regeneration and rebirth because, you know, like I think of, especially like around here where we live, the first thing that, you know, we usually see in the spring, aside from my free rose bush, which we'll talk about at some point in a later date, I'm sure. Um, but one of the first things that I always see springing up in our yard is the dandelions. And, you know, we occasionally get mice, you know, in the house because we actually leave our door open for the dogs, you know, to go in and out. Um, so, you know, unfortunately we do get them. So when I see this card in the green witch side, um, you know, this card not only has that feeling of, you know, new beginnings and new positive beginnings, but this one's more like that warm and fuzzy, but you still are very hopeful because, you know, it's, you know, that first, you know, spring is, you know, 
finally here we've shed winter the light is coming back but then there's also that sense of you know curiosity from the mouse of like you know what's going on and where is this going to go so you know three cards the exact same card but depending on what you see and what you feel and what the vibe of the deck is and where it shows up in the reading makes such a huge difference so it's it's again, this is why I always say, you know, you have to just practice, practice, practice with with these cards. You have to spend time with them. You have to, you know, do readings for yourself and, you know, use the books and the little pamphlets that come with them. You know, find your own research to what the meanings are. Um, but when you when you find those meanings, again, keep them as very, like, loose interpretations, basically, because, you know... Like I said, depending on what reading you're doing and where it falls in the reading, it can actually change the meaning with, you know, depending on what the meaning of the card is. It can change the meaning of the reading or even the meaning of the card can change. Um, and then you even get into card reversals. And, you know, this is this is a lot more complicated stuff that, you know, we're going to eventually get into when we talk about actually like doing spreads and stuff like that. Um, but anyway, so like I said, I'm going to post the, the pictures of these cards up on the Instagram feed. That way um, you can at least see what I'm talking about. Um, I'll probably put them up on Facebook too. Um, so I'm going to stop there for now. And again, you know, I hope you guys have been, you know, keeping up with working on your meditation work. I hope you've been coming up with working on your affirmations. And if you have, if you decided you're going to go down the tarot card path, I hope you've started, you know, looking at your cards or, you know, at least researching them, you know, or have like kind of decided on a deck. Um, and if not, you know, again, start with the Rider Waite deck. That's always the good place. That's always the first place to start. And like I said, 99% of people who read tarot cards, I'm sure, you know, have started with a Rider Waite deck, myself included. Um, so that being said, I am going to peace out for the week. Thank you again to all of my people who listen around the world and here in the States. It is just such a super blessing that again, you know, I am always seeing those numbers go up and I am constantly just so overwhelmed with joy and happiness that this podcast is actually making a difference and people are, uh, people are apparently enjoying it. So thank you again for being a part of this crazy family and blessed be to all y'all. Everybody have a great week and I will see you guys next weekend. The Ethereal Path Podcast is hosted by me, Xander, and is owned by Ethereal Path, LLC. You can find us on the web at www.ethereal-path.com. Don't forget the dash, it's super important. We're on Facebook and Instagram as Ethereal Path, and on Twitter as at Ethereal Path PGH. This is also our email address, etherealpathpgh at gmail.com. DMs are open on all of our platforms. The Ethereal Path Podcast can be found on all major podcasting platforms such as Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. Our Etsy shop can be found under Ethereal Path PGH. Links can be found below and on our website. As always, be sure to like, subscribe, and turn on your notifications. Every one of those clicks makes a huge difference. Thank you for listening, and blessed be.